Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us. Today, we have the honor of having Keisha Blair. Miss Blair is a trained economist and extensive ex has ex experience in the public, private, and not-for-profit sector. She was part of the Prime Minister's delegations to World Economic Forum in 2018, as well as the East Asia Summit in Singapore. She led events such as the Most Powerful Women Summit in Montreal, Canada, and the Fortune Global Forum. She is a graduate of the Executive Leadership Program at Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government and has an MSc in Public Policy from Carleton University in Ottawa. She is the author of Holistic... At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, 36 life lessons to help you recover from disruption. Find your life purpose and achieve financial freedom. And is the founder of Institute on Holistic Wealth. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Miss Blair. How are you doing today? I'm good, and thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll have it no other way. Anyway, I'm after after getting your information that you you have you touch on all the topics that we discuss here at K, at um, at Politics Done Right. So we're happy to have you. Thank you so kindly for being with here with us. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And how are you? I am fine. Well, anyhow, let, let's get started. Um, what's going on in the economy as you see it today throughout the world? <clears throat> yeah, like I, I, there's so much going on, so much economic disruption, you know, and I think we're all feeling it in our pockets. Uh, we see the rising food prices, rising oil prices, there's high inflation, uh, interest rates are growing, uh, going up as governments try to stem the high inflation by using um, that tool of monetary policy. And so people will see their mortgages going up. They'll see the cost of living going up. And it will seem tight because salaries have been stagnant. Uh, but that's what's going on. And, and we know with the Russia-Ukraine war, that has caused several you know, disruptions to transportation, supply chain disruption. Uh, you know, several products such as wheat, um, you know, with, with the Ukraine being the world's breadbasket have been affected. So I think that's what we're seeing. Uh, there have been predictions that it will get worse. We might be going into a recession towards the end of the year. Let me stop you there because I hear those predictions all around. What are yeah. your thoughts and not the predictions? Because as an economist, what's your own belief as far as uh, when you look at these stats that, that are really out there? Because I have some myself. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely. So I, I, I do think that we will end up in some sort of a recession, you know, based on when you look at history. And I did mention in my book too, that, you know, we've seen these prices before. I did mention the 2000 to 2009 period as the last decade. And I had mentioned in the book too, that I'm hoping that this one won't be come another last decade, but it's looking, 
it's looking likelier and likelier given what's happening globally and geopolitically. Now, I, I do think we are headed there, uh, but we have to watch to see what's going to happen. Uh, but as, as an economist, uh, the signs are there and it, it's a hard balance, right? With, with increasing interest rates, it's a hard balance with what's going on with war, with COVID-19. There are so many factors at play. You know, um, Ms. Blair, I am not an economist. I'm an engineer, but who studied economics in college as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, the dif that differs between, let's say, engineering and, let's say, the stockbrokers, et cetera, is we don't buy into um, what I like to call non-math. And, uh, you know, I have you on as one of our you know, of a leading economists. We're also having Richard Wolf on and a couple other economists on. And what I've been trying to do is probe economists as to... Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, what I call the insanity factor of our economic system, where we go through these things. I mean, you just mentioned in your, in, in your monologue there that um, you hope this is not a lost decade, but based on how things are going, it just could be again. And unfortunately, based on how things work, I agree with you, sadly. And, but the insanity of doing things over and over again the same way puzzles me. So my question, my question to you is, isn't it time for us to revamp the current modal, the current economic system that we have to one that actually makes sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm all for economics getting a refresh. I'm all for the economy getting a refresh. It's something I talk about in holistic wealth and why I even came up with holistic wealth. If we look at it, at the economy from a macro perspective, you know, there's so much income inequality. We have a racial wealth gap. We have certain groups that are shut out of this capitalist system. It, it, it's, it's one of those pet peeves of mine too. And I, I see you smiling because we're, it's an economy that's ex exploitative. We pull, 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 and we're not giving enough back. We're not giving enough back. And the system hasn't worked for a lot of folks. It hasn't worked for a lot of our minority communities, for our, our, our women, children, the most vulnerable among us. And so I definitely think we need a redistribution. <laughs> I'm all for, you know, when we talk about the racial wealth gap, we talk about reparations. I'm all for, you know, policies like that because I believe that there's some wrongs that weren't right, that weren't made right before. And we're going down a path that's not sustainable. COVID-19 showed us that it's not sustainable, right? And we look at the interplay between wealth, health, or mental health and all of that, it's, it's showing us, and even the environment, it's showing us that we're, we were not on a path to sustainability, we were doing the opposite. So definitely, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we definitely need to not think about going back to that old normal, we need to think about creating this new normal and what we want our post-pandemic lives to look like. 
Now, what, where I think it's so important for what you write, what you promote, what you talk about to our audience and others, uh, especially since you have the pedigree, the credentials to say it, I don't, you do, um, uh, is to, um, that people understand that an economy isn't something that is divine or our economic system isn't divine. It is actually man-made. I notice I didn't say person-made. I said man-made for certain people who are invited into the game. And um, it, it, we need more people like you out there, uh, not just activists like myself, letting people know how uh, this is an economy that's actually behaving exactly as it should, don't you think? Or exactly as it was designed. Exactly as it was designed. And, you know, it, it's unbelievable the level of income inequality that we have right now. And I mentioned in the book that it's the number one economic problem. It's the number one problem that we have in the world. When you look at the growth in incomes of billionaires during the first half of COVID-19, when you look at certain companies and how they profited, from this. It's just unbelievable. And so we've set up an economy where a few benefit and the vast majority don't. We saw where the debts took place. We saw the people who were most vulnerable out there, the essential workers, transportation um, drivers, mechanics, people going out there and facing it and dying while others were more protected. Now, I, I do believe that we can, if there's that will, we can shape our economy to be more inclusive and to be more equitable. And I think that's the route we need to go when we look at our post-pandemic lives. We can absolutely reshape. We can absolutely start to right some of those wrongs. And we can start to look at, at having a, a post-COVID economy that's more equitable. Ms. Blair, in the context of your book then, because a lot of this is covered, uh, what can we do to empower folks what are the, the 36 life life lessons or at least some of the 36 life lessons that uh, folks should actually take into making a better uh, a better a betterment for us all yeah so it's it's it, it can be looked at uh, at the personal level as well as the state level and when we talk about let's say macro the state level you know in the back of the book I have this holistic wealth index. Uh, that is kind of like uh, a framework that organizations can use, that state level governments can use. I don't want to, to interrupt, but I have to. I, I don't want to interrupt, but I have to. What exactly is holistic wealth? Yeah, so holistic wealth is the interconnection between these critical pillars. So it's the financial uh, wealth. It's the uh, mental and emotional health. It is your physical health and your life purpose and spirituality and relationships as well in that. So all of that, I think, is, is that interplay between all of those factors and why we need to look at our economy more holistically. We need to look at our personal finances and our lives more holistically. We've seen the great resignation wave. That's also part of that organic trend mm -hmm. towards, I want to live a life that's more authentic. I don't want to be just a number or stat. I want to live that life that gives me that balance, that joy, that meaning. And that's what we've seen some trends here that have that been so basically, true. that have been basically predicated on this whole holistic wealth concept now for some time. It's just that, 
it wasn't there before in terms in terms of a book and it wasn't there in terms of our, our vocabulary or way of communicating it but all the trends that we're seeing now with the passion economy worth over 80 billion with the great resignation wave with people looking at how they can live a more meaningful life i mean COVID-19 has spurred that. So when we think about holistic wealth, when we think about organizations, when we think about governments around the world, this is a tool, this is a framework that we can all use to shape this post-pandemic era. And it's so funny, in the book I talk about, a little about economics too, and how we focus too much on our, um, so you have the, these moral um, resources and economic resources. And we focus too much on our economic resources, not enough on our moral resources. And our moral resources are our relationships, they're our people, our labor force, the partnerships, the way we collaborate to help each other, the way we reach out to help each other. Those are the moral resources that we'll need to pull in. We need to have an economy that's more focused on our moral resources when we shape our post-pandemic world rather than those economic resources that we always think about. And so what we think about is in extractive terms in exploitative terms. When we think about it in more moral terms, then I think we'll come closer to what we want that life to look like, what we want our economies to look like. Ms. Blair, I mean, I don't, I could not have said that any better. You're speaking directly to everything that I preach. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you do not know what it means to me to have an economist in the Western world say that I'm going to have Richard Wolf on. I don't know if you ever heard of Richard Wolf right here in in, um, in the United States. Um, he teaches at at uh, uh, not Yale, um, uh, Princeton, I think it is, and he's going to be on with us. And he speaks the same language. And I've been trying to get more economists that can come out to the folks and let them understand that it's not solely about that economic piece that you speak about because right. think about this uh miss blair think about this we have in corporations right now the executives that you know you know what you know you know the, the what the workers have been going through over the last several years yeah and uh and we also know that corporate profits are sky high even in yeah. adverse, they are sky high and we have all these guys sitting pretty up there saying well, I got me a great bonus. I mean, look how great we were able to increase profits, increase productivity, not realizing that that wasn't you doing it. Right. It was those guys down there doing it. But you are taking the spoils. Our economy is designed to be extractive and the ones that don't work do it. And yeah. it's folks like yourself and the book that you promote that, in, that, bring, that promotes bringing people up that makes the difference. So, I mean... Um, you don't know how happy I am to have yet another economist validating these particular um, these these particular issues. So tell me, um, how can we? First of all, I mean, it, it is hard for those who are in in Panama. We'd say, "Viviendo la vida loca," living that life. How do we get those that are living that life understand that what they're doing really is? Um, promoting what I call antiseptic slavery of the masses. How do we allow them to see that? Yeah, I, I think it's just what we're doing here now. And it's unbelievable because I think what they're doing isn't sustainable long-term. Thank you. Workers for, thank you. To, it isn't sustainable. It's an unsustainable model. 
you have to look at you, you only have to look at what's happening with amazon with tesla workers are going to wake up they're going to realize that this has not served them it's not serving their families this is becoming life and death and some of the decisions that workers are making right now whenever they step out to go to work have been life and death during COVID-19. And COVID-19 has really shed light on that. The fact that it really is unsustainable. So they're building company models that are unsustainable and they're building models that no longer work and will no longer work. That's why we have things like the passion economy where workers are getting up on you know, Etsy, they're going on Shopify to create their own businesses, they're going on on different mm -hmm. platforms uh, to create their own business and really tap into their passions, into their skills and what they can provide. And so I think we're going to see a blossoming of more of that, the great resignation wave, you know, when it started in 2020, people were saying, oh, maybe this will, you know, this will fizzle. As economists, we have not seen it fizzle. It's gotten, it's gotten worse. It's gotten more structured, more solidified. And I think it's something that they're going to have to wake up and realize, and companies are, they are waking up and they are realizing. So let's hope that it's for the good of all, it's for the benefit of all workers, that they do wake up and realize it's not sustainable. And of course, you know, there are people out there, other economists like myself, who are also talking about this, trying to raise more awareness. You're also talking about it and, and people are talking amongst themselves. I think we will see some change hopefully for the better for all of us uh you know so that we have a more uh economic model a sustainable economic model you know uh gar alperovitz he's an economist a professor out here at um i think uh i don't remember the american i don't remember where it's at he's a historian as well what who, who which university he works with but uh, he started to talk about the collective where we're, you know, I mean, instead of uh, Exxon being run by all these executives, et cetera, that it's the, you know, they have a collective body and they, they grow together, or they fail together. And if they're, if they fail, they fail, if they grow, they grow, but everybody partakes of, partake of the spoils. It is, yeah. as you said, it is something that I think given the unsustainability of the, the, the economic system that we have, that we're going to have to get to. Now, fighting that 10% that controls everything, those that we call the managerial level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they're powerful. They're the ones that control the media. They're the ones that control everything. So they, uh, uh, let me give an example. Uh, programs like mine actually get throttled. So what we throttle, I don't know if you know the term throttle on the internet, which, okay, so we get throttled. So what we do is we have to go around it using old technologies and all of that to get our, to get our information to others. And it just slows down the process of educating the, the masses. But again, uh, what you do, what you write, what you promote and what others do, I think it is so essential for us to eventually break that, uh, break that glass. So um, before we go, tell us a little bit about, uh, about, in more specific to your book now, as opposed to just specific to what we're talking about, talk a little bit about your book and why you think folks could get should get it, what they can get out of your book. Yeah, absolutely. So it, the book is Holistic Wealth, 36 Life Lessons to Help You Recover from Disruption, Find Your Life Purpose, and Achieve Financial Freedom. And as the book title suggests, there are 30, 36 chapters there that cover off a whole bunch of different lessons that help you to really, you know, uh, find meaning, purpose in life. And, and of course, 
in terms of that financial pillar to, to achieve financial freedom. And I think, you know, with what we started off talking about with the economy and the high inflation and people really feeling it in their pockets, it's a really good time for us to focus on, you know, the financial piece, on the mental health piece, and, and all of that's covered in the book. And there are strategies in there that people can use in terms of getting out of debt, you know, how you budget your money management, investing for the long-term. And of course there are pieces in there in terms of, a, you know, like finding a personal mission and how you write out your personal mission statement and, and living with purpose and meaning. And so this book has been, you know, very dear to me. It stems from my personal story of having been widowed at only 31 and having to go through that grief and, and, and really, you know, go through that disruption and master it. And so there's a whole thesis in the book about mastering the art of recovery from disruption. And I know we're all collectively in that space right now, even if you haven't lost a loved one, or even if you haven't, you know, gone through any major disruption aside from COVID, that we are still in this collectively, we are still in this period of disruption where we we're looking for answers, you know, and we're, we're looking for a way out. We're looking for a way to craft that life that we really want. So this book is a tool in that toolkit. It's, it's um, very good for really getting practical tips and strategies for crafting that living a life of holistic wealth. And so it's available everywhere online right now. And, you know, in bookstores and people can just grab a copy. It's, it's also a great gift to give. Um, and it's so in line with what we've been talking about and mm -hmm. how people can really take hold of their lives, get their power back. Because I know with this economy, a lot of people feel powerless. A lot of people feel like they've lost control of their lives because of the type of income inequality and, and, and the, the wealth gap that we've seen. But here are some strategies here that can make you feel more empowered to take the decisions you need to to own your life and to take back some of that control. Um, so I'm happy to share it. And I'm glad that, you know, uh, we can have this conversation because there are things we can do. It, you know, it might feel like, you know, everything's out of control, but we do still have a lot of control in terms of our own personal lives. Let me tell you, I never feel out of control. I always feel in control and going out there and getting a damn thing done. So, uh, and that's what I try to promote on my uh, on my program and that's why i have people who think the same way like you you went out there and did something about it to empower others so i think that is just wonderful that's out there and i'll i definitely want to promote not only personalities but books and all of that that's empowering people as opposed to being as you mentioned before that extractive taking something and leaving nothing back the last question i always ask my distinguished guest is what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? Wow, that's a tough one. It's usually um, so. <laughs> it is tough. I can't think of anything. And <laughs> I can't think of anything right now. I think the points that I brought forward are points that were perfect for the show and, and, and for people listening in. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's been great. I can't think of anything. Well, you know what? Uh, that that means I I kind of did my job. So look, I I I appreciate that. Look, uh, Miss Keisha Blair, a trained economist and ex uh, with extensive experience, I'm the author of 
Holistic Wealth, 36 Life Lessons to Help You Recover from uh, Disruption, Find Your Life Purpose, and Achieve Financial Freedom. It's been my honor to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you so kindly for having been here. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.